Podcast, me Adam Hunter. I am in Cabo, Mexico, doing nice. doing the Cabo Comedy Club, uh, which was uh, started. I opened the whole thing. They started the club last night. They actually had a they had to move the location that day of the club, um, which is always because I guess what I is the day the day before the first show, the day of the first show, uh, they actually moved it. But the place is better, um, and it was fun. It was. Uh, I mean, you know, definitely some things that we need to work on, like some lights uh, mm-hmm. and the speakers. Sound, though, because that's the most important. The sound's good, um, although like all the speakers are on stage, so people get like blasted out. So I'm like, you gotta move a speaker here. But um, and then people, a lot of people came to the show. Didn't they just came for dinner? You know, one of those things. They got like <laughs> they got barrage. So I'm happy that I was the guy because those are like my favorite shows. People, people that don't know, people don't know they're coming to a comedy show. They just get like you know ambush for the show um but people liked it uh, they're gonna come back you know dude fucking i walked around cabo last night you would not know there was a pandemic at all it was like spring break cancun spring break kids everywhere i mean kids i mean like 20 21 20 and then some lady tried to like wanted me to take a picture with like a big iguana she's like hey you want to take a picture it's just you know mexican woman and i was like what Right, I was like, and I looked at the thing, and I looked, and looked. I just felt bad for it, like, like it was like on her arm. So I was like, well, how much for that iguana? She's like fifty bucks, and I was like, she's like twenty, and I was like, gonna get it. I was gonna, but then I'm like, I'm not sure I'm allowed to bring an iguana back into the U.S. Yeah. I, I, you know, it could be, but I, I actually felt bad for the iguana. I actually, like, like legit felt bad for it. But um, yeah. I mean, what do, Anyway, they sit in a rock and they fucking flap their tongue for spy. They, they, they don't do anything anyways. Who cares if they hang out on the beach yeah. and get photos? Yeah, I mean, they're kind of like comics, actually. Uh, you know, they just sit there and just, just take. Feel bad for you, com- you know, feel bad for the comics, not right. the animals. Exactly. So, uh, but I, I didn't think. Take- good. good. It was good. Was- it's nice to be like just where there's like normal, normalcy. Everyone isn't like running from each other. And I mean, I got my booster shot last week. And I was online with like 30 people. Uh, I'm like, I'm going to get COVID right here. Uh, yeah, exactly. You might as well just put like line for COVID because I'm yep. sitting there going like, I'm definitely getting it. People are sitting there they're coughing. I'm like, I'm like, come on. This is insane. <laughs> uh, so I'm a Corkle. How are you? I'm doing all right. I thought you couldn't get it if you were vaccinated. Isn't that the whole point? No, you, they, they're saying that, like, it's good for three hours. Uh, you get right. the shot, and then you won't get COVID for three hours. But literally... I like My favorite part is how they're like, oh, no, but it would have been much worse if you hadn't had the thing. Like, how do you know what it would have been if I hadn't had the vaccination? Like, it, we're just assuming it would have been worse. could have been the exact same. Yeah, there's no actual proof of that. But they are saying that the people that are in urgent care or in the hospitals, most of them are not vaccinated. So that's, that's so what they're saying. 
They're saying that the people who got that people getting COVID after vaccination is like 10 times more likely than getting COVID twice. So in other words, if you already had COVID, you're almost never going to get it again. But if you got vaccinated, you're going to get COVID again. <laughs> like, dude, I, I did a show at the Dime Bar on Tuesday and the whole 50 people and this girl in the front had a mask on. It's always funny when there's like a couple or people and then one person has a mask and the other one doesn't. I always like just find that funny. And I'm like, yeah. why are you wearing a mask? And this was a, a beautiful black woman. And she's like, oh, I got, she's like, I got COVID four times. I'm no, like, you- are you hanging out in Wuhan? Like what? Four <laughs> times. And then, and then like, and then I told the joke. I'm like, that joke bombed so bad she got COVID again. So, <laughs> then the other comic went on, this guy, Brian, funny comic, Brian Kim. He's like, I thought it was only three strains. When did you get the unreleased strain? But like, she's like, <laughs> then she became, yeah. Drop it every week. So, uh, yeah, it was just crazy. Um, so, but Sean's like, fuck it. Sean's like, not vaccinated, no mask. I like how you put anything Whoa. close to your body. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, steroids, you know, they're going to help you to some degree. Like, at least, uh, like the vaccination thing, if they, did, if they weren't pushing it so hard, I wouldn't be that worried about it. You know what I mean? I think some old people should probably get it because it probably helps them. But anybody that adamant that everyone has to get it, there's something else behind it because I know they for sure don't care about our health. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, I, I, I would wish they could just figure out what the mental illness is or what virus called, caused the mental illness that gave Shaw's kind of comedy career. That's what I'd be trying to figure out. By the way, I heard he's gotten really good. I heard that from a reliable source. He's become a very good comic recently. That guy needs to be fact-checked, whoever told you that. He needs to be banned from Twitter. Was it was the reliable source Brendan Chow? Like, was that the... <laughs> so, all right. So we got to talk about this fighter that's in Ryzen. Uh, and he was in the UFC. He got cut after one fight. Now he's in Ryzen. He says in order to pay for fight camps, he, ha- he had to give hand jobs. For money. His name is Yoshinori Hori is his name. He said he was deceived. He was deceived and he was giving, I don't know, but he said he's not gay, but he was giving people hand jobs to pay for his fight camp. How uh, was he deceived into giving hand <laughs> He thought it was something else? He thought it was like a joystick? Like, what the fuck? How are you deceived? Um, his so, sensei was like, wax on, wax off. Like, okay, <laughs> Um, so yeah, so uh, you're right. How does he get this? He was said he was deceived because I guess when he took the job, he was deceived in performing or, uh, I don't know why he's telling everyone this. Why couldn't he like no one? Cause then he says he's not gay, which if he is gay, who gives a shit if he's not gay. But like, this makes it seem like he is gay by him saying he's not gay. Not that it matters, but he says, uh, he says he was deceived. He's four and one, uh, since, um, going into the UFC. He, he took to social media on Sunday where he revealed he was previously deceived in performing sex acts. Uh, I don't speak Japanese, so it's hard to read this. Because okay, five years ago, I was with a friend. I was told I can get money just by hand job in Shibuya, but I followed him. I thought I was like that AV, LOL. I was told to hide my face with a solid mosaic, and it was explained that it was not like that. But I was deceived in various ways, LOL. I didn't have the money. I really wanted to do martial arts on my own. I got $20,000 yen in less than an hour, but it was pretty big. I was able to face martial arts in short time, exceeding the amount of two days part-time work I do for eight hours. It was pretty painful now, but as long as I'm alive, I can chase my dreams. And I like women, not gays. I've done them, uh, I've done the money to live to do martial arts. So 
Sounds like he needs to do some more hand jobs and pay for English classes. I didn't understand almost any of that. <laughs> Part of me is like, did he actually know what a hand job was? Maybe that's a bad translation. Maybe it was something right. like work, and he just fucking like worked with his. He worked with his hands, and now it's, he's completely fucked. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just strange. It's just random. Like he just comes and tells everyone this. Like I don't understand what. Uh, What's the, the face thing? It says there was a mosaic on his face when he gave the hand job. I guess maybe he was in a, maybe the, what I'm thinking is there might be a video of it or something and, and maybe he's being blackmailed and he's uh, like maybe striking first by saying like, look, you know, here's what happened before the video comes out. Cause it doesn't seem like this is something that you just want to voluntarily tell people on Twitter. Hey, I gave hand jobs. I was deceived. I'm not gay. It sounds like. Yeah, unless he's trying to train with Dominic Cruz. Maybe <laughs> like way to put it out there. By the way, hand jobs for training. Phone starts ringing. So I like posted. Well, at least now he's you know he's in Ryzen, so it's a happy ending. Um, and then a lot of people, a lot of a lot of people on my on my feed were were saying that like, hey, it's not that serious. Like some things that I won't do. For, a lot of UFC fighters were like, nope, fighting's not that important. Where I got to give a hand job. Um, dude. Meanwhile, I remember being in sleepaway camp when I was I think I was eight years old. It was like the last day, the last day at camp. And these counselors on the last day just started grabbing each other's dicks. Like, like, like they had like full on boners and they were like jerking each other. And we all just ran away. Everyone ran away. And they're like, hey, look, I can grab my friend's cock. These guys were like in college. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. Why my parents? If you take a job and kids into the woods for a summer, it probably means you want to fuck the kids. You know what I mean? In all honesty, right? Like Louis said. Like, no, like who wants to hang out with other people's kids? Ugh. Unless you want to fuck them. Let's be honest. Uh, I coach wrestling and I don't want to fuck any kids. Uh, I don't take them to the woods. So I do resent that. Um, but, but I understand what you're saying. Now, last night they had a big grappling competition. You watch this grappling competition? Okay. I didn't hear about it. It was on, it was on Fight Pass. It's called Fury FC. And uh, they had a bunch of UFC fighters that, that competed. And then, um, but they had no leg locks or ankle locks. No, no, oh. no, no, no heel hooks because they didn't want the guys to get hurt. So, so right away they had a uh, Sean Brady, who was this like huge Jack guy from Philly, just fucking a monster. He went up against Craig Jones and he beat Craig Jones, right? Because he just basically held him down and pinned them for eight minutes. They got to figure out a way to make grappling more exciting because it was like all these people were like excited and then a guy would just hold each other down for like, I like, I was always against the whole, you know, start off in a rear naked choke in position or arm bar to, to see who won. But they went to the judges and the judges were just basically saying, well, who got more takedowns? Who, who went for more? But they weren't really counting subs from the back. Like it seemed like a lot of guys were going for subs, but they weren't really, it was the guy who basically controlled the action. It was weird judging. But the whole time, the announcers were saying how great, and it was good, good announcers. It was uh, Paul Felder, um, CM Punk, and uh, what's his name? Um, John, John, John Morgan was there, right? So uh, I got to decline that. So, but the, the whole time, they're like, Craig Jones, different level. Craig Jones, number two in the world. Craig Jones is the greatest. Craig Jones, it was all Craig. Meanwhile, for eight minutes, the guy's being laid on and is doing nothing. And they're like, He's doing things so advanced. I don't know what he's doing. That's how advanced. And he wasn't doing anything. And then, Were they the same weight, weight class? Same weight class? Yeah, pretty much. And then at the very end, Craig Jones is like, nothing happened. He just laid on me. 
uh, like, and then they were, Paul Felder, who's from Philly, I think had his buddy's thing. He's like, well, you didn't do anything to sweep them. So, you know, hey, buddy, you know, if you're so. And then Stan Punk was like, I don't know what rules they're using, but his back was on the mat for far longer than three seconds. <laughs> hey, so I want to ask you a quick question. Because you, you trained jiu-jitsu like for only five years before you got Mark Hunt in an arm bar. Yeah. How were you just like a freak athlete with jujitsu? Because I got to tell you, man, five years is not a lot of time for jujitsu. Yeah, I actually, I had only trained about two years of those five also because I had hurt my back and wasn't really doing much. I uh, submitted the teacher my very first class, a black, Brazilian black belt. Of course, I was twice his size, but uh, I had just seen what I had seen on TV. Like I'd seen Kimura's on TV and I always thought, man, if you was like a dude as strong as I am, I could grab that art wrist to control their arm. I could do that all day long, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, the very first time the uh, teacher uh, is a Brazilian guy, Marcelo Montero. Uh, I only trained with him about six months, but he did charge me for seven years. So that was my <laughs> thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I grabbed him, submitted him the very first class I went to, and then I just started thinking, man, this is, like, really easy. And so I grappled with really good guys, like in, like, you know, division wrestlers, but I don't know what they wrong. And then, uh, but jujitsu was, like, real natural, real easy for me. I was big and I was athletic and really strong. Uh, was not yet taking steroids, but shortly thereafter, I discovered the wonderful world of testosterone replacement. Um, and yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, I had probably been training a total of probably oh, 18 months when I fought Mark Hunt. Like, if you put it all combined up where I wasn't hurt my back or whatever, and uh, if we'd remained standing, he would have knocked me out probably about three seconds, you know, uh, if the fight, fight had gone stand up because he was connecting with me already. But yeah, that was, a, that was a great night, man. What was that gym you went to where the guy, it was the funniest story. Because he's such a like, McCorkle's like such a wise ass, but like in a very understated way. So he goes to this like gym, and then the the the, the guy in charge is like, uh, "There's no way you could submit me. No one in the whole world's ever submitted me." And you kept submitting him like like five times in a row, and the guy kept getting mad at you. Yeah. Then another guy um, had his own school that Africa. He told me one of his uncles come and said, I was supposed to submit the teacher in front of his class. Yeah, it always made sense to me. Striking was the exact opposite. I was I could not pick up striking. I was terrible. Uh, boxing and kickboxing. So, mm. so uh, but you would say like, like with Adam's story, if you're if you are a bigger and stronger person and there's no leg lock game, it's kind of a wrap. Wise for the most part, because that's half the game, the leg lock game now. So if you're a stronger guy, I feel like it defeats the point of jujitsu. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Okay? Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. You got to head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. It's not just football, okay? Bet Online has pro and college hoops. They got NHL, they got boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Got it. I got it. Okay, so last night in the submission grappling, also uh, uh, Clay Guida 
beat Billy Quarantillo, and his brother came and slapped him before the, the, the match again. Like, <laughs> the only in. blow his brother has landed in the last 20 years. Uh, and then Carla Esparza went up against Danielle Kelly. You know Danielle Kelly, right? Danielle Kelly? Yeah. The, the female? Yeah, she's in Austin. Yeah, so she went up against Carla, and Carla, like, took her down, and it was pretty – I thought Carla was winning. She's on top. And then she picked her up and slammed her and then gashed her head. Carla was on top, gashed her own head. So Carla had a big cut. Danielle couldn't – she couldn't continue. And Danielle went around like she won the fucking gold medal. And I'm like, I, I don't know about this one. Like, if, if you win because someone, else, because someone else gets hurt, but they hurt slamming you and just yeah. went head to head, is that really a win? I mean – Was it a DQ? No, she couldn't continue because Carlos, I guess, up next for the title shot and was like, fuck this. I'm not going to, you know, risk it. Yeah. You know. That Danielle's really hot, so I, whatever she says, I agree with. Really? That, that's <laughs> it? Because she's hot? So. She's freaking You know what I mean? One more say, no, Danielle. She's a winner in my book. Yes, yes. Okay. Have you ever hooked up with a girl from jiu-jitsu class? No. I want to. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, what about you, Sean? No, man. It's uh, the only ones we ever had there. Uh, the private training with them, like they got private lessons every time. He wouldn't show saying he would just grapple with them the entire time because he couldn't even think about getting a girl other than that. Um, so you, normally he would even like let you talk to him. He talked to her like, "Hey, leave her alone," you know, whatever. Like, uh, like as if you were bullying her, but really it's just because he wanted to grapple with them. <laughs> So right now, my Wi-Fi is, like, kind of spotty. Uh, you're kind of dragging. I'm wondering if I go to the iPhone Wi-Fi, would that be better, you think? I don't know, Adam. Maybe a cartel member, see what the best Wi-Fi is down there in Cabo. <laughs> Dude, I'm so bad with this, bro. Literally, I got a phone bill today for $550 for last month because I was, I was talking on the cruise, and I thought I was, like, on the Wi-Fi, like, of them, and I wasn't. So now I'm just so fucking mad. Like, what a way to start the new year. Fucking $500, you know. Fuck, all right. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Is this better? I mean, uh, I can, you're not moving, but I can hear you. All right. So you can hear me better, but you can't see better. But you're frozen. Right. All right. Is that, you think that's better? You think it's better to be frozen? Central Park. All the, all the quail out in Central Park. Like, really? Who says quail? Yeah. I'm fucking sorry. It's like, it's like, do I pick? It, keep, it keeps kicking me off. When I, do, when I do the one through the phone, the second time that happened, I got kicked off. Well, you're good now, it seems. I know. We got a fucking great thing. This guy, Pat Downey, we have on is like the bad boy of wrestling. He was yeah. like ranked. Dude, the dude's been kicked out of every single college he went to, high school. He was like Olympic team. Uh, he has an OnlyFans with his girlfriend. Like, really? And he's beaten so many like high quality wrestlers. Like the dude's a, a fucking stud. But just and then he he just he just lost to Jake Shields in overtime in like a grappling match, which it went to like judge's decision. And he yeah. he went he uh, he he uh, wrestled Gary Tonin, uh, I, not Gary Tonin, um, Gordon Ryan, yeah, Gordon Ryan, and he like teched him in nine seconds in Greco wrestling. But then he lost, but he tapped out to a half Nelson, like a power half. I gotta ask him about that. That was that was a little yeah. strange. I read that too, and I was like, I'm not. I can't exactly picture other than like he has his head pinning against the ground, and maybe he has neck problems. That's what I thought because it was when he stood up and and he was like 
hanging on him. So it wasn't uh, like, he, he, yeah, he was like on it. He was like backpacking him sort of, you know? It was a neck crank. Yeah, it was a neck crank kind of. But then, then what's the name? Gord Ryan kept wanting to go. He's like, that wasn't a submission. That wasn't a submission. Uh, like, he's such a bully. Um, so anyway. That'd uh, be good. Do you hear Betty White died? Is that, is that, is that true? Really? Yeah, I just read it. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. What, what guy of COVID? Dude, <laughs> <all> Betty, <laughs> come on. Whether, whether she did or not, she did. Further, further. And really? Like, come on. I'm sorry. I was doing it for Sean. I want to be friends with him. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. dude, I, dude, you guys have been. Meanwhle, Sean, after the Tyron Woodley match, right? Or the fight, uh-huh. uh, you posted. You want Tyron Woodley to never fight again. Like, you were right. angry. You, you were angry. Did, did you bet on him again? Yeah, and lost a fortune. Yeah, because, dude, I figured, I, like, I was like, he's going to get a $500,000 knockout bonus. There's no way. He's already been as embarrassed as you can be, I thought. So I thought he would actually go out there and throw punches and win. And then seeing that stupidity, I was like, dude, I, like, I, I don't know that I can keep living my, the way I live if Tyron Woodley keeps fighting. Because I've lost on him, like, the last 12 fights he's – Fought, man. Like it's uh I don't know what's wrong with these certain guys. I just think like I, I always think, dude, he'll come through this time and he never does. Like he never comes through. Now so. people are saying the fight was fixed. I don't think it was fixed. I just think that he's I wouldn't say a shot fighter, but I don't I don't well, first of all, this weight class is for a reason. Jake Paul's about 220 pounds, 215. Tyron's about 180. Like he should be about 185, you know. He fought at 170. He's, he's a short guy. He's not a boxer. The other guy's been boxing four or five years straight. But at the same time, like, Tyron has the ability to beat him. What do you think it is? is this if mental? he would throw punches, he would win. Like, I honestly believe if he would throw anything, he would win. He's, he doesn't hit as hard as Jake, but he's better technically. Like, Jake's just got the right hand. That's it. That's all he has, the right hand. But Tyron just – I've never seen anything like it. Like, a guy that would not fight once he's in there. I mean, you're talking a half a million dollars for a knockout bonus if that's true if he really was giving him that i highly doubt they staged it and made it that boring up till the sixth round you know what i mean if you're gonna stage something you wouldn't want the crowd booing the whole time you know or whatever yeah. but uh that punch was as real as it gets i mean that was a nasty right hand but i just i don't know man some guys can't get out of their own way man like it uh he would not throw punches and thinks the whole time thinks he's winning like you can tell the corner he thinks he's winning like what what fight are you in so you're yeah. you're tyron with these corner what do you tell him you're, you're you're tyron's coach right now what do you tell him uh, if I, during the fight, I would have walked out about a third round told him he's on his own. I really would have left. I'd been like, just forget it, dude. If you're not going to fight, I'm walking out this round. Um, and then now I tell him the same thing. If you're going to fight, fight. If you're going to not fight, retire, but don't keep fighting, but not fighting, you know, like not, not trying to win, not trying to throw punches, not trying to do anything. I mean, how do you think he's looking at sparring though? I mean, his coaches must feel like going there. He's ready, right? They're not going to yeah. put him up. I mean, they want to get paid obviously, but. He might have a lot of yes men around him. That's always, you know, possible too, man. Like they just tell him what he wants to hear, and he it does it doesn't last very long. I have a theory too. Let me let hear my theory out. There's nothing in this weird circusy boxing world that prevents fixing fights. In real sanctioned fighting, like in sports, you can't bet against yourself. You can't bet for yourself. You can't have friends do it. They have rules and mon- they monitor. You can bet. No, that's not true. You're you're wrong on that one. You can really? Bet, you can bet on yourself if you're in the, in the UFC. Oh, oh, because really? I don't know the NFL people did that. They got in trouble. But yeah. anyway, so, okay, fine, UFC. But, like, so what's to say? But there's no sanctions with this sport. No, there is sanctions. This, is, this was a legitimate pro fight. 
So I'm saying, is there anything that would have barred Tyron Woodley from betting $500,000 against himself, knowing that he would throw the fight? That any uh, to that? Not if anybody, as long as nobody knew, but the only problem with that is, is Jake Paul was already a three or four to one favorite. So he yeah. had to bet $4 million to win a million, you know, on himself on betting on Jake Paul, you know, so he would have to put up more money than he likely has. Yeah. To, even if he puts a million on himself, he only gets 250 back. He would get more knocking him out and winning, you know, so. If that was ever in there, the whole – I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if, it, if it's all fake, man. Like, I, I don't know, man. Well, I don't those uh, NBAs, how that stuff works. To go along with your theory, though, they're saying – Tyron said that Jake Paul won't get drug tested. In fact, like him and Dana White, he keeps calling Dana White a, a cokehead. Dana White is not on coke. He doesn't do drugs. Dana does not do drugs. He, I, think he, I'm, I'm, I think he drinks, but that's the extent of, like, the stuff he puts in his body. So Dana said, all right, you can give me 50 random coke tests. If I can give you two random steroid tests. So if, it's, if there is a sanctioning, which they're saying, because he's saying, look, if I fix the fight, I'd be in jail for 100 years. People are betting. You can't do that, blah, 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 right? Um, but then, so there's no, so then, then, then why is it not being drug tested? If it is, a, if, like, why is he allowed to evade drug tests? Yeah. Sean. Well, there's there's a certain jurisdictions like I don't know. If, uh, I mean, I fought in Florida; they didn't test me for anything. Um, certain states, Indiana, only test if it's a championship fight. So if it's for a title, they test. Otherwise, they don't. So they told me the Indiana Commission told me before I fought Mark Hunt in Indianapolis there would be absolutely no drug tests of any kind. And I was like, thank God, because uh, yeah, I was taking HGH and uh, testosterone at the time. So um, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, so thankful they didn't do it. But uh, a lot of them, they don't always tell you that, but you can you can look in through the rules, commission's rules, and they'll say, like, Nevada might get you anytime. If you're licensed in Nevada, it makes it come to your house now, you know, and do it. But a lot of these states, they don't. Drug tests are really expensive, you know, um, especially steroid tests and stuff like that. So, Meanwhile, so yesterday I was on a flight at, like, you know, I had to, it was pouring in, in L.A., pouring, right? So I, had to, I drove to it. It was 150 bucks for the Uber. I was like, fuck that. I'm not paying 150 for an Uber. I drove to the airport. You know, parking B Delta was 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 all full. Parking parking three oh, all full. I had to go back to like those like dot parking one just just to get over there. Right, I get there. The flight's delayed four hours. I get to Cabo. Like I'm fucking exhausted. An hour to the hotel. I do the show. It was like you know, literally no no lights, no this, no that. It was like it was not a hell gig, but it was out there. Then the, and then the owner's like, let's go out for a drink. All right, I'm in Cabo, I'll drink. I get back at 11.30 at night. I'm exhausted. I'm like, fuck, this guy, Pat Downey. I, I got to look up Kelly Pavlik because I, I, I want to have the respect for Kelly Pavlik. So I watch like 10 of his fights, learn about his life. An hour of Pat Downey, an hour and a half of all his matches, this and that. And now I told him 120. He's like, oh, let's do it, mate. He's not here. This is what fucking happens. These guys don't fucking, I fucking spent an hour fucking, two hours, three hours out of my fucking life, you know, I, researching this dude in Cabo. Get, you know, I redid my therapy appointment for three hours earlier to do this. I'm up. I could be enjoying the, the, the water, the ocean, the whole thing. No, I want to talk to, obviously, I love you, Sean. I love you, Bill, but come on, man. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, I, you're not going to trust someone who's been arrested 15 times? <laughs> <laughs> 
They might have shut off his phone if he went on a cruise and got a six hundred dollar bill he hadn't paid yet. <laughs> might be like shit. Dude, no so service for you. Oh, and then I called fucking six one one Verizon, and then they make you like I forgot my pass. They do a whole thing, and they're like we'll call you back in three hours. I'm like so then I spend yeah, and then I'm gonna argue with them how I they told me I had international for ten dollars a day. Yeah, Why is this, you know, and then of course I'm gonna get fucked on it. Of course, yeah. I know I'm gonna get fucked. The comics are the responsible one in the world of MMA and comics. Like, we're the responsible ones. Dude. How fucking ever in my life I've been <laughs> the responsible one. Dude, meanwhile, so I did, meanwhile, there's a funny story I wanted to tell, by the way. This, this girl did my show, uh, Kate Kennedy. She's a, a, a porn star who was also a dominatrix. Uh -huh. um, and she's like, you know, 25 years old. She looks like she's like 18. She said she, she wanted to comedy from porn because she wanted something more humiliating. Uh, and then she's on stage. She, she was ranked, she, she was nominated for best gangbang at the AVN and uh -huh. she didn't win, but she, she puts it on her resume because it lets people know she's, uh, she's, she's good with working with groups. Yeah, she's a team player. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> dude, yeah, yeah, meanwhile, like my, the other day, I, I go on a, like my friend BT's podcast and I've talked about how like my wife was yelling at me because not yelling at me, but just saying how I was making lunch for the kid, but I, I like, I didn't think she had enough. So I took lunch out of Thursdays, put it in Wednesdays, and then she didn't have enough for Wednesday. I, put, I was doing all this shit. And she's just, you know, I spent all this time just, and I'm just like thinking to myself, I used to fuck porn stars. Like I used to have <laughs> girls do coke off my dick. I used to have threesomes. Like now, now I'm getting yelled at for fucking taking lunch out of one. This is, this is my life right now. And you know, which I'm happy, I, I, I'm thrilled. It's actually whatever, but let's just say for comic purposes. And then of course, she listens to that podcast. And all the podcasts, she goes, really? Used to fucking, all the things I've like, and people tell me that like, I make marriage sound terrible. Look, I, I'm fucking thrilled. I, I got the greatest baby and I got an amazing, greatest wife. I'm fucking happy, I am happy. But nothing's funny if I just go, I'm happy. Okay, so yeah. I find the most shittiest fucking part of things and, and make them funny. That's what I do. So, so people in the comment section that are like, I don't want to get married now. And, and they have a whole fucking thing about men aren't supposed to, you know, find one person, a whole philosophy debate. I, I get it. Okay. Some people can do open marriages. I can't. Uh, Sean, yeah. you? No, nah, man. It's, uh, I was married. I got married at 19. And I was married for 13 hellacious years. So, I was kind of soured on uh, the whole thing, but uh, I would marry my girlfriend now, Robin. So I will end up marrying her one day because she really is a uh, one in a million, man. So. By the way, my wife heard you say, Sean, that uh, that after marriage counseling, couples therapy, your couples therapist said to you, "I don't know how you stayed in for this long. That woman was crazy." And my wife, Dude, she, not, my wife said, "There's no chance in the fucking hell the couples therapist <laughs> told you." That. She absolutely. She's actually the mom of a local news girl here. Her name is uh, Donna Ganote. She met with me and my ex-wife for an hour and said, I just need to see you tomorrow for 10 minutes. I said, now I'm done with you guys. And I was like, holy shit. I came up there as God is my witness. It's just a Christian woman. She said, what the hell are you doing married to this woman? Like, that's what she said to me. I was 28 at the time. She goes, you're young. You've got money. You're good looking. She is a nightmare. She goes, she is, she goes, I, she goes I've been doing this 40 years. I don't know that I've ever seen one quite like her. She goes, why would wow. you stay married to somebody like that? And uh, I was like, uh, I love my kids or whatever. She goes, you'd be doing them a favor, getting rid of them. Because my kids at the time were five and two and we were getting ready to get divorced, it looked like. And she said, your son, who's two, won't even remember it. Your daughter won't remember much. It's going to happen eventually. Um, she said, so you might as well get it done now while you still have money. She, she said she will divorce you once all your money's gone, once she spends it all. 
and has you, you know, by the balls every way. And I'll be damned. She said, within five years, you won't be married anymore. She was right. Four and a half years later, uh, I found out my ex had been planning my divorce for four years. So, well, that's you listen to your therapist. Right. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I didn't listen. To, I, I told her I can't do it. She goes, you're going to be so sorry. I actually called her and apologized to her five years later and said, I wish I would have listened to you. I'm sorry. She said, she said, there's certain people in the world who are unhappy no matter what. And she's decided that I'm the problem. She said, like before it was, if we just had money, if we just this, if I could just get married, if I could just get a house. She said, once you guys had everything, I was semi, I was retired at 28 years old and she never worked. That's when we started having a lot of problems, you know? And, uh, she said, uh, she said, now that she has everything she could want, she goes on vacation eight times a year. Now the, the other thing that must be making her unhappy is you, you know, or whatever. So, and uh, yeah, I'll be damned, man. She was like Nostradamus. It was amazing. And four and a half years later, we were divorced. Wow. And my money was gone. Every dime gone. Damn. Even the quarter million dollars I had in a safety deposit box that I never even told her about, she found the key on my key ring, went to banks in the area, told them I had died and she needed uh. a deposit box. So yeah, when I uh, when I realized she hadn't paid the rent payments or the mortgage payments on my ten rental homes that I had six hundred thousand dollars equity in, she hadn't paid them for six months and they're all being foreclosed on. I was like, dude, I got to do something. I'm gonna go get my my cash out and get this squared away. And then I went and my cash flunky. So yeah, uh, which that was not long after I took her to Dr. Ray from Dr. Nine Hundred Two One Zero in Beverly Hills to get her twenty thousand dollars breast implants in two thousand what four or something like that's like paying forty now, you know. So yeah, um, yeah, it was uh it was something else, man. I can what go on she, all day. Do, do you even keep tabs on her? Man, she she tried to ruin my life for, I have two kids with her. So she tried to ruin my life for about seven or eight years after we split up, uh, did her best uh, because I got in the UFC after we split up. So she had me basically bankrupted me. A year later, I was a little bit famous in the UFC and dating 22-year-old girls, you know, and she, uh, yeah, she was not a fan. So she's tried everything in the world to ruin my life for the past several years. Kind of started leaving me alone a year or two ago. And then my, my daughter just got married a few months back. Had the balls to thank me for being nice at the wedding. Thanks for finally being nice. I was like, wait, what? Dude, You're not the one story. who. Oh, there go. Dude, dude, one of my favorite stories is like, he, he like goes to court and she reads the text and the text talk about how big. <laughs> that was amazing. That was awesome. And the judge and the lawyer has to read. Just because you have a big cock doesn't mean it was one of the funniest things. Yeah, ever. they told me. I can give you the quick version unless you got somebody waiting to come on. Have you got somebody? Uh, real quick, we got Pat, we got Pat Downey, the bad boy of wrestling. Uh, one of the I can tell later. Hey, what a the, a real badass! You got you got COVID? Are you okay, man? Nah, nah, man, debunked it. Easy money. I just got this shit working. I had to access the Zoom app and hit the buttons. You know, I don't know how to do much except wrestle and shit. No, no, man, you know how to do a lot, dude. I I was researching you last night. Holy shit, are you a good wrestler, man? Uh, you, like, let's just go through the thing. You were a three-time state champ in high school in a in a Maryland. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. They didn't even let me wrestle my senior year, so they've always been canceling me from this wrestling shit. They don't like they don't like that I can do it. Well, uh, so, well, a couple, well, number one, they didn't cancel you. You, you were on trial, right? For, uh, it, it, that's it, a form of canceling. <laughs> well, it said you were on trial for first degree assault after Baltimore. Yeah, police. you know, yeah. yeah, cancel, felony, tomato, tomato, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you beat up a, a Towson University student in the parking lot. You, uh, you broke uh, his jaw, all four of his teeth. 
And then second degree assault, uh, two people at uh, brawling with two Navy football players at a nightclub. By the and, way, just time. If you're in high school, you have college kids, that's fucking him. I would just no. put him in high school. Dude. Dude, I'm not even a. I'm not even 18. These guys are all grown men. I'm outnumbered. They're picking fights with the wrong one, and I give them what they got coming, and I get in trouble for it. Not only do I not get second degree, they charge me as an adult with first degree assaults for fist fights. It was nuts. I had like three different fucking fel felony cases hanging over my head. <laughs> Let alone wrestling. I was like, fuck wrestling and football. I'm just trying to get my life back. So like, when I go through this shit nowadays. I'm like, y'all don't even understand what I've been through back home in Baltimore. Dude, in football, you, you set the school record for total offense. In, in one game, you had 420 yards. Which, 420, baby. Because you know I smoke. <laughs> with 315 yards passing and 105 yards rushing as the quarterback. Uh, were you uh, recruited for any D1 colleges in football? Yeah, dog. I was I was going to Old Dominion D1 AA, a lot of like smaller schools, no big time shit like we're wrestling. You know what I mean? Not at that level. But I definitely, I was in like the Super 22 Crab Bowl team. You know, that's the best players on both sides of the ball. Um, the halftime show with the Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, the, you know what I mean? The competition there. I had a bunch of great football opportunities. My father, we were, we were you know, I mean, I grew up football playing. Fighting, judo, jujitsu, wrestling was just something that kind of got me in high school because we was like, let's let's do what we can do at the highest level. And then I had that opportunity to go to the 2012 Olympic team and Olympic training center. So I was like, we were like, that was the highest level was the wrestling opportunity. So we, that's why I did that. Dude, I mean, I, I watched your match against Usman. You had a wrestling match against Usman. You were a year out of high school. He I was, was like 18 or 19. Dude, I was 19. I said, I fucking, I had to beat him with the new rule set too. But yeah, we need to run that back. <laughs> well, you hit him with a fucking five point throw. I mean, a crazy lateral, but you only got three points for it, right? That's what I'm telling you. The rules are all fucked up. They change them every damn near four years. So, like, you know, under this rule set, I'd have got him. And, it, and I will admit, it's a little more advantageous for me because I like the big moves and they will kind of, um, they'll supersede in criteria. The four point move will beat. Usman's four push-outs because they're all ones. You know what I mean? So my yeah. four point three would take precedent over his scores if we're really getting fucking like semantical and shit. I don't like the push-outs. I feel like it's like fucking sumo wrestling, but I understand it. So keep the people don't keep fleeing the mat, but it's it's kind of weird. Like I could just push you out of bounds and then get to point. It's oh, I love it though because like I feel like original wrestling was like you know Greco on concrete. If you get taken down or pushed off the cliff, you're dead. Like you you got to stay in. Like you know what I mean? It's like some Mortal Kombat shit at the root of it. Yeah, you know, I, I hear you. But, I, but like that match against Burroughs, you, if it was before the rule change, you would have beaten him 4 nothing. So, I, exactly. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, I, I see it too because like a lot of times people can't finish on me. That's their only tactic. You know what I mean? If you, if you watch me even at the highest levels, I don't get taken down often. So that's a, that's a big, uh, you know, that's a strategy thing too. And that's, that's something on my end where I got to be able to defend my legs a little better. I'm too comfortable kind of giving on my legs and letting those wrestling positions hit because I still feel like, you know, fucking Dan Gable shit. He shoots, I score, I shoot, I score. I still think I should win those positions. You know what I mean? 
Right, right. Then Jordan Burroughs loves you. Burroughs takes you under his wing, takes you to the Olympic Training Center. Uh, what was that like? Bro, JB, not many people know. He was the one who recruited me to uh, Nebraska. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we were wrestling one day, and I ended up being the only junior world medalist. But we were wrestling at one of these national team camps. And, and uh, I mean, I'm sure he got me probably with the push-outs, though, because I just feed him a single leg, and we got a hell of a dog fight. And he was like, who's this kid? And uh, got me in the motherfucking Nebraska, basically. But then you get there. And they love you over there. Uh, and then Kevin Jackson, who, who's the coach, kicks you off the team your junior year when you were 7-0. and oh. well, That's a different college. That's a different college. Okay. I, All right. so, Nebraska so, was my freshman year. Then I got kicked out of there, broke my hand, fighting and shit. Couldn't <laughs> stay off the weed. Got kicked out. Went to Iowa Central. Won that shit. If Iowa Central would have been a four-year, I never went to Iowa State. I loved Iowa Central. But – uh. Uh, what are you saying, Bill? Oh, yeah, they they kicked out of Kevin Jackson. I all American for him my sophomore year. After fucking taking twenty four credits to graduate from Iowa Central, I got eligible at Iowa State. I came in after the Midlands around this time a few years ago, and then I all American. And then the next season, he got kicked out, and then the fucking Paulsons and Escobedo took over. And, yeah, they had a hard-on for me because I was had a rib injury and I wasn't doing the rehab shit. I thought it was all bullshit. I'm like, none of this fucking shit matters until the, you know, championship season anyway. I came into Big 12s as a, uh, as a pigtail. You know what I mean? I, did, I barely qualified for the conference tournament. And then I, you know, end up all American. So that shit doesn't really matter until you're in March anyway. But they had other plans. They just kicked me off the team. I didn't even get to wrestle. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you went to the NCAA's not seated and took fifth. That I don't know if you know this, Bill or Sean. That's not heard of. People up a weight class. Up a weight class. I cut down and certified for eighty four. Big twelve tournament. They bumped me up to 97. The year before at Iowa Central, I was weighing 205, making 97. Now I'm going into NCAAs, a fucking buck 92, dripping wet. I was so undersized there, man. So then then they kick you off the team. And what I like about you, Bob Man Pat, is that you don't take no for an answer. These guys, they, they kick you off. They're like, he's done. He's garbage. He's out. You're like, fuck that. So you, you, you go to Princeton. You wrestle on your own. You get your own team, kind of. You come back, and you win the Pan Am Games. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking went on a run, too. With me and Reese Humphrey still have never lost in, uh, in America. <laughs> that, I mean, that's but, insane. And I got to say this. Pat, you know what? You don't, it seems like you don't have an Uncle Ben in your life. Because <laughs> you're like a superhero. You're like Spider-Man. And no one ever told you, hey, with great power comes great responsibility when you were 14 years old. And you need to hear that. Instead, you just, like, you had the ring of power, so you were fucking up dudes. And you were like, I mean, I get it, but goddamn, man, you're like a freak, natural beast athlete. Do you ever look back and go, ah, maybe I should have done this differently? Yeah, man. <laughs> I first got recruited by fucking Penn State. I always think, imagine if I was wrestling with Kale Sanderson underneath him with that room, Ed Roost and 
Wayne Wrights and David Taylors, Nichols, and now the younger generations. You know what I mean? Aaron Brooks is like, imagine if I'd have been a part of that, you know, just with a couple different uh, decisions. You know, I didn't really have to throw that left jab all the time. Like, I didn't <laughs> – uh, yeah, it, it, it'll eat you up if you let it. I mean, dude, college career, butchered that. Come back, like Adam's just saying, and I fucking do the Mac Daddy shit, make Teach USA, get the next best thing. And then I still have managed to fuck that up, too. So it's like, ugh, and, you know, I got to gotta, gotta, gotta figure a way out to get what I want and then keep it. Yeah, you kind of are your own worst enemy, but – I mean, it's cool watching you kind of fail up in a lot of ways, man. Um, now you, now you, you've been, you've been, yeah. Now you've been tech falling some of these jujitsu guys. Like you went up against Nick Rodriguez, who Bill, I guess, is a big deal in the in jujitsu. Nicky Ryan, yeah, yeah. And more importantly, Gordon Ryan, you went up against, which is like you know he's kind of my hero in a weird yeah. way. Well, in, in all due respect, Nicky Ryan put up a way better fight than Gordon Ryan did on the road. <laughs> oh, really. Match. I mean, yeah, I mean, Jesus. Well, Gordon never wrestled at all, I don't think. No, no, yeah, two completely different sports, man. Um, I'm not going to beat Gordon in jiu-jitsu just as Gordon's not going to beat me in fucking wrestling. But I'll tell you what, it'll be a whole lot more competitive. And I grew up fighting in fucking Baltimore. You don't only see people sitting on their ass. You get kicked in the face. You get jumped. You get, you know, whole concept, stay on your feet, slam mugs on concrete, and keep him. You know, you're outnumbered. They got weapons. Like, that shit's not real survival to me. So I'm still learning that whole sport, you know? It's a fucking sport. Yeah, yeah. the, the Gordon, Gordon Ryan grappling match, I thought it was pretty even. And then he, he got your back, and he it was like a – it says you tapped to a three-quarter Nelson on the internet. But, like, was, was your shoulder fucked up? Is that what happened? Dude, that night, I couldn't even walk down to get ice. It was my ankle that originally got popped. He did some sneaky shit if you watch the transition in the scramble where he's sitting – on his back and rolls through. Like, I don't know if I got bad ankles because the same shit happened to me in the ADCCs and the same shit happened to me against the dude Pedro with, like, these knee bar ankle lock shit. I'm just – and I was a week, month out from the Olympic trials. So, like, he'll get on there and say I didn't tap to a real move. Well, I'm a fucking white belt, and I feel like my ankle's breaking or my shoulder's so flexing in and out, and I got the Olympic trials in a month. I might not be tapping to a real move, but that shit's scary to me. Yeah. And that shit, I'm, I'm not going to go out here, you know, and the whole time my grandfather and my father are in my ear like, you fucking idiot, what are you doing taking this a month before the Olympic trials? I'm like, well, we got fucking 10 on the line, so let me just go make this money. And they're like, thinking big picture, you know, that's pennies compared to what happens if you win the Olympics. And, uh, and then the COVID shit hit. But honestly, the irony of it all is my ankle was fucked up. My shoulder was fucked up. I healed like an alien two days later, and I fucking break my coccyx trying to dunk the ball at strength and conditioning, playing cardio and practicing that day. So thank God for COVID because I'd have been fucking shit at the Olympic trials if they'd have stayed on uh, time because I messed my back, my lower back up two days later, neck after the Gordon match. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I mean, you the Gordon wrestling match was crazy. I mean, you just launching them left and right. Uh, and uh, same, same with the, the, the Nikki, Nikki. Now, I, I watched a match with you last night against Jake Shields, and it went into, I guess it was judges' criteria. I, yeah, I, thought, I, 
that match too. They just didn't want white belt beating the fuck favor. They fucked me. But I love Jake. He, him and Nate Diaz didn't even want to win the way they was winning. They was on my side too. We were talking. It was like the longest match of the fucking thing. But like, like you said, you're a white belt competing against Jake Shields and Gordon Ryan. Uh, do you even know any submissions or anything? Or have you, what kind of how much uh, like, like I'm learning the game. I'm I'm mostly learning on how to not get submitted. You know what I mean? All the tricks to avoid them leg lock shits and uh, you know you don't really see me get triangled or armbarred and shit like that. Choked. I really don't get choked. It's the leg attacks that I'm just having a problem. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. As far as attacking, I mean, I got a bunch of cool chokes, but these guys are real high level, man. So I haven't really been able to. Show. Right, right. Well, I mean, it's fun to watch, man. I mean, you're 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 hanging in there with these fucking animals and putting up not only a fight but like winning against a lot of these guys. Uh, are you gonna do? When's your first MMA fight? Uh I don't have anything dated yet but uh definitely fighting in 2022 and really big news coming soon that uh not at liberty to release yet um until bosses release it but you know it's it's already signed still delivered i'm just waiting on an opponent and a date and uh you guys will know very now, soon. Are, have you been training with colby covington nah no nah, uh, i haven't trained with colby since him and the uh, American Top Team guys brought me down. and That was another thing. The whole COVID shit hit. kind of, you know, put my plan on hold. Come down there. And then once I finally did get on, I had that lingering back issue. So I wasn't even able to train when I first got moved to Florida. And then um, was at Sanford MMA for a while, preparing for the Olympic trials and just getting skills there. They got a great gym with uh, – you know, I would love to continue my work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, I'm a and then in Miami. And then finally, finally, Pat, because we got Kelly Pavlik here, the former world champion, but like 19, like one of the greatest boxers of all time. Uh, Pat, this OnlyFans, who's this hot girl? That who, what's going on here? There's always you and this sexy girl, and you put OnlyFans. But what what's going on here? And how do I how do I get involved without getting my wife mad at me? Yeah, I want to hear you know, too. You know, <laughs> hey, 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 uh, what's up, man? Um, I don't know if uh, you can keep the missus happy with this one, but yeah. in all honesty, you know, it's just a little clickbait. You know, keep keep them guessing, and it's really not to that bad. You know, my girlfriend gets mad at me. My mother and my sister think I'm crazy, but I'm like, guys. I'm just fucking playing with the internet. You know what I'm saying? I'm just having fun. Like, I don't really take it all seriously. You know, you might see me smoking a blunt or, like, playing with my dog or, like, fucking, you know, maybe putting it in her ass. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I was about to say, he's tricking us. He's tricking us to click on it and subscribe. (laughs) Girlfriend. Listen, Pat Downey, man, I'm a big fan. Keep it up, man. So happy uh, you're doing well. I can't wait. You're going to be the champion, man. You You are. Every, every time someone says no to you, you say, fuck it, and you do better. So I like, love it, man. So. Uh, oh, uh, God damn it, Pat. 
Sounds so bad. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Kelly, the ghost Pavlik, how are you, man? Doing good. How are you doing? Good, 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 man. I'm, uh, I'm the biggest dude. I remember watching you. Dude, your victory over Jermaine Taylor, the two of them, I was going crazy. Because uh, you were a big underdog for that fight. A lot of people did yeah, not. People were not giving you a chance. And you knocked him out after getting rocked. You got rocked in the second. Like, he was chasing you around the ring. Uh, and then you said, nope, not going to happen. And uh, beat, him, beat him twice. Uh, was that one of the highlights of your, of your life? Yeah, I mean, you know, being a world title fight, obviously it's hard. It's hard to go against that. I mean, the only thing that competes with that is probably – you know, the uh, to Ohio State the night before the Michigan game, which is, you know, probably one of the biggest rivalries in, in sports. Though even before that fight, you know, I was underdog going against Edison Miranda, who at the time, Miranda was like, you know, the boogeyman of, of the middleweight division and in boxing. And, um, you know, nobody gave me a chance in that fight. Not only did I beat him, but, I you know, I stopped him and, and knocked him out. And then kind of the same thing with uh, Jermaine Taylor. You know, we went in there and – um knocked him out and then beat him in the rematch, which was pretty big too because, you know, a lot of people said that I couldn't beat Jermaine Taylor if I didn't knock him out. So beating him by a 12-round 12, 12 decision in the second fight was pretty big. But, um, yeah, you know, it was, it was kind of my role a little bit. I was kind of the underdog in, in all the big fights. Now, you're, the Miranda fight was crazy because you're like, he was knocking everybody out. And you went punch for punch with him. Um, yeah. Was your corner saying, what are you doing? Are you, are you out of your mind? Yeah, well, a lot of people thought that, but um, no. no. That was actually <laughs> – I mean, if you go back and think about it, sometimes I go like, what the fuck was you thinking, man? But, um, you know, that was our game plan for that fight. Uh, the game plan was Miranda wasn't that good, you know, fighting backwards or going on the back foot. And that's how a lot of people are, but Miranda was kind of like really dangerous when – he was able to set up and throw those looping overhand rights and left hooks. And, um, you know, our thing was to go in there kind of like you knew you were going into battle, you were putting your vest on, you knew you were going to take some shots. And that was kind of the game plan for that plan was let's see if we can take his, but let's see if he can take ours. You know, and uh, we put that – we knew we were in great shape. I knew I was in great shape, and I knew I could punch and, and this whole thing behind that fight. And it came out to show who was the bigger puncher and, and better fighter. Now, were you a guy that had, like, when you walked into a boxing game, were there people like, man, this guy's got talent? Or were you one of the dudes that showed up early, left late, and just outworked everybody? A little bit of both. Um, you know, the talent was there, obviously. Uh, you have to have talent. When you make it to that that level, you have to have some form of talent. You know, pretty good. Um, you know, X's and O's and, and training will only get you so far, training hard. But I, I trained my ass off, too, though. I was a seven, eight-hour-a-day, you know, type guy. Um, it was funny when I started off early in my career, I was a sight to see, you know, I had, uh, I looked like a rat, I had long hair, had big ass feet, skinny as shit. Um, looked like I was riding a chicken, you know, it was just horrible. Um, but as I started getting older, you know, and I didn't have power, but when I started hitting like 15, 16 years old overnight, that power, I don't know if it was with maturity or, or what it was, but everything started coming along and I actually started like dropping people in fights and, and, and sparring sessions and the power came along, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I, it was a little bit of both, you know, you have to have talent. I tell everybody to this day, I train people. Um, I'm brutally honest when it comes to boxing, you know, if I don't think that 
you're going to be able to make it. I'll let you know what I think your career is going to be. Um, but hard work does pay off. It truly does. But you have to have talents for a long time. Yeah. Good question for you, Kelly. Uh, go ahead, Adam. Go ahead, first. What were we saying, Bill? I mean, I'm kind of cutting to the end here, so I want to do that right away because I'm so curious about – you're just one of the few fighters that, like, retired – as young as you did, because you were fairly young in the boxing world to retire, after winning as much as you did, and you just said, like, you kind of either lost the heart for it or you never really had the heart for it. W what do you think it was? Did, did you, like, go to Hawaii and do mushrooms and have a new uh, perspective on life, or was it something else? Like, what was the thing? Because I feel like it, I've never read exactly. Was it a change, or you always felt that always way? Always felt that so, way. Um, it's actually a great question. And, and just recently, after – you know, being retired a decade, I feel like I could explain my side of it where I don't get shit. You know, I kind of hope like nobody cares anymore. Or everybody forgets. Um, but the real realistic part of it is when I went to boxing, um, especially when I turned pro, I've been with my wife now 21 years. And, you know, I promised her, when, especially when I had my kid in 2006, that boxing is not a longevity sport. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of them things that I've seen people around that were in a sport, you know, Youngstown's produced many champions and I seen those guys and I was on them. And I, I did not want to be like that. And, um, you know, the scary thing with boxing is five, 10 years from now, who knows, you know, what I could gain or, you know, what could happen from, from the boxing that I did. So I never wanted to be in a sport a long time, but the funny part about what you're asking is to most people, even people that follow my career but really weren't there, they all think I turned pro in 2007. You know, like when I won the world title, that's like where my career started. I was actually pro almost over 12 years and had 42 pro fights. You know, that's a lot. That, that's a long time. That's not including, you know, starting at nine years old and going up through the amateur ranks through uh, national, regional, and state championships and everything else. Um, yeah, man, by the time I got to that point, uh, you know, I had 40, like I said, 42 fights. Um, there was a lot of things at the end of the career that, that came into play. Uh, I, I moved up to super middleweight. And at that time, when I moved to super middleweight, you had the super six tournament going on. There was no meaningful fight out there. You know, I, I went out to California. I trained with Robert Garcia. It was probably one of the better moves I ever made in my life. It was great. But at the same time, I'm fighting guys like Aaron Jocko, you know, Roll Rosinski and, and, and guys, Scott Sigmund. And, um, you know, there's no big fights to be made. So usually when a fighter up and leaves his home, you know, and, and goes away to, to training camp, everything else, that's usually at the beginning of the career where he has no kids, no wife, you know, no money is coming in. For me, I had three world title belts. I, I made the money. Um, and then you're telling me that I have to go all the way across the country for months at a time, you know, to train. It kind of zapped a little bit. And then the, the big kicker, the icing on the cake was, we were supposed to fight Andre Ward and Andre Ward ended up having that shoulder injury and he had surgery and he was out. Like I said, the super six tournament was going on. There was no, no big fights out there. There wasn't even a meaningful fight out there at the time for me. So at that point I was done, you know, I didn't have the heart and in this sport, if you don't have it all there in heart, it's a bad hobby to have. It really is. So you were 40, that was you were 40 and two. And that's like, and the two guys you lost to Bernard Hopkins uh, uh, yeah, and then um, the other fight you lost to uh, was a, what's his name? The Sir, Sergio Martinez. Sergio Martinez. So I mean, look at it this way: Floyd Mayweather turned pro 
five five or six years before I did and fought five five years after I did and only had eight 50 more fights. fights than me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that goes to show you how active I was. You know, I, I had a, a busy career. You had wars, man. I mean, the first time you, so you're 26 and 0 and your first fight you got dropped, okay, against Zuniga. Uh, you got dropped pretty early in that fight. What's going through your head? True, man. Um, you know, like I told Larry Merchant in the Jermaine Taylor fight, oh shit, this is going to be a long night. You know what I mean? First round, second round, when you get dropped, boy, that sets the tone for the entire fight, man. You know, now Adam, you're, you're a big uh, fight fan and, and a fight guy. Um, when you get dropped, I mean, that, that it's amazing how fast the fucking brain signal shut off to, to your butt, you know, through your head. Um, yeah, you know, a lot goes through there. And uh, Zuniga was a guy, when I fought him, nobody wanted to fight him. He was signed by top rank. So, obviously, if you're signed by a promotional company, you could fight. He was 17-1 and one with 16 knockouts, straight out of Columbia. All them Colombians can hit. And I don't care what anybody says, but certain regions of the world – you know that you're when you're going against them that those guys could hit. And uh, you know, my big thing was again, if I could get past that first round, just like with Taylor, if I could get past it and get my bearing straight, I would be fine. You know, because my old my thing was, can they deal with my punch output? Can they deal with my power? And, that, and that's the big part of a fight. You know, and a lot of guys couldn't do that. No, almost every single guy, which is crazy because like Mayweather, I love watching Mayweather, but he almost never gets hit. You got hit a lot. You just kept fucking. They couldn't put you away. I mean, I picked off. I, I picked off a lot too, though. I, I kept my hands high. I looked like I was getting hit. Believe me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I could talk. Not saying I talk good right now, but I don't know if I would talk as good if I got hit that much. But no disrespect. I'm just saying that you you were dropped and came back, which was like to me made your fights that much more exciting. If I was your coach, I'd have a heart attack. Uh, or yeah. if I was your wife or your kid or anyone that loved you, I'd be like, Oh, I agree. But. You know, I think that was a big part why they took to me so much in uh, Atlantic City. You know, um, besides the fact that I was only a six-hour drive and a lot of the Youngstown people came to me and, and we had a big following. But Atoro Gotti, when he was fighting, you know, that was – Atlantic City and Atoro Gotti was the, the big place. And uh, Atoro Gotti's fighting style was, was really big. And I think people kind of took to that with me because of – the first Taylor fight, you know, the, the guts of glory, get up off the canvas and and show everybody that I'm, I'm the champion. I, I think that was the reason why. And you know what? It, it kind of did. I mean, I'm, I was kind of busting your balls a little bit on that, but that was my career. You know, my career was people expected me to come in there, take punches and deliver punches and weather the storm, you know, every fight. So Now the Hopkins fight, you went up two weight classes. And I, I watched you on Rogan last night. And, it, and I didn't realize you sparred four rounds before fighting Bernard Hopkins. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, Adam, you know, being in the entertainment business and, and how it goes, man, it, it's you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And whatever you say, people will take that shit and they will twist it however they want. Um, you know, it's been over, like I said, over a decade since I retired and are going on a decade. You know, I, I said things about that fight, even the Martinez fight. And uh, I think now I can say it because I got nothing to gain from it. You know, I'm retired. I'm never going back to boxing. Um, when, I, when I fought Hopkins, that, that was not an 80% Kelly Powell. Yeah. You know, and, but not taking anything away from Bernard Hopkins. Obviously, he's great. He's an all-time great. And he took full advantage of the opportunity that he had. And it is what it is. Um, you know, a lot of people say, like, oh, Kelly was never the same after that fight. 
that's kind of horseshit. I came back and fought uh, Marco Antonio Rubio, who ended up winning a world title after I beat him. And I destroyed him. It wasn't even a close fight. But, um, yeah, when I fought Hopkins, the only thing I could say about that was, you know, I was not at 80%. The elbow injury, that could have been the best thing. You know, there was a guy by the name of Thomas Hauser. Thomas yeah. Hauser is a huge writer for combat sports. And Thomas Hauser is a call-it-how-he-sees-it type guy. He don't bullshit. He don't sugarcoat. And Thomas Hauser was in the uh, locker room for that fight. And he was, he kept a journal, and, and he would just sit in the corner and be quiet. And sound that was going on. And, and a guy from the commission came in, and they asked. They, they wanted to check the medication that I was on. They took my temperature, and I was at 101. And uh, th- there was a little debate in the, the corner or in the locker room about the fight happening, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, I, so I had a severe case of bronchitis, but I don't bring it up because the only thing it does, I tell all these young kids, if something's wrong with you and you're going into a fight, don't mention it because you will take more shit if you bring it up. Everybody say, oh, you're making excuses, you're lying. But, you know, for me now, I don't give a fuck. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, but I could tell you that that was not 80%. Could I, did I learn anything from the fight? Not really. You know, um, if there was anything that I took from the fight was I learned a little bit of the, the sneaky tricks that Bernard has. Um, I knew going into the fight, because I've always been a student of the game, I knew the tricks that Bernard does. And to this day, I still teach some of the younger guys some of the things that Bernard does because he's that good, you know. But uh, honestly, I, I think if I was 80%, 90% that night, you're looking at a totally different fight. I also think you're fighting a guy like Bernard Hopkins, who's such a, 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 an awkward fighter. So in order to actually fight a guy like that, you have to bring in a guy who's going to replicate what he's going to do for 30, 40, 50, 60 rounds. If you spar four rounds against that guy, that's you're seeing everything for the first time. It's, it was assume, I would assume that, and that's not going to help you. Well, making no excuse on that part, and you could be right, but uh, no, I won't, I won't use that as an excuse because I had had fights with Jermaine Taylor who fought Bernard Hopkins twice and beat him. You know, controversial or not, obviously they were close fights. You know, um, so I had the experience. Uh, some of the things that Bernard did, like I say, you know, his footwork. Everybody thinks of footwork in boxing or, or UFC. They think of flashy, like, Bernard Whitaker. And it's not. You know, Bernard Hopkins, in my opinion, has some of the best footwork anybody will ever have because he makes the right steps at the right time. Kind of like, um, besides this year, Ben Roethlisberger. That was a big, fat, slow man. But every time he stood in the pocket, he made that step up and it never got sacked because – his awareness and everything was on point. Um, Bernard Hopkins, you know, he did he did big things. But again, you know, take the Jermaine Taylor fight. Like, I know you can't use uh, certain fights as measuring stick. But when I beat Jermaine Taylor twice and convincingly knocked him out and beat him in a second fight, and then to go and get my ass whooped by Hopkins, that's not, a, you can't, not even using a measuring stick. There's something right there that has to tell the average person, like, well, something had to be off. Yeah. Not right. saying that I should have went there and beat Bernard Hopkins because Stalin makes fights, but I should have never got my ass whooped like I did. You know I, what I mean? I don't think – it didn't seem like you really got – took a pounding that night. It seemed like an old veteran beat a young kid using a lot of slick moves. That's why I got my ass whooped. <laughs> you didn't get knocked out. You didn't get fucking no. – I mean, now, uh, Jermaine Taylor has had a lot of problems with the law – uh, shooting people. I don't, I don't know. Last I heard, he was like just a really rough, rough, rough. Have you reached out to him? Have you talked to him? Or 
No, um, you know, boxing is the unfortunate thing about boxing is unless you're you've had some wars with certain people and, and you're at like certain events, boxing ain't like football. It's not like baseball. You know, a lot of them guys from the past years of going to like uh, Hall of Fame things or like the ESPY awards, they're all like family, though. You know, they all play against each other and the rivals, but they're also very close knit. You know, it's a close-knit community. Boxing, unfortunately, like they say, it's the, it's the loneliest sport in the world. You know, it's a lonely man's sport. And uh, you don't stay in touch with, with certain people that you want to, you know, unless it's a big event or something going on. And kind of the same with me and Jermaine Taylor. You know, um, we we respect each other. I, I had a lot of respect for him after the fight. But there, there's nothing that keeps us together. And um, I think it's boxing and golf. <laughs> if boxers could golf, I think they'd have more of a community. I think that's all, that's what keeps everyone else together in every other sport. I think you're right. I think they should start doing like golf outings and shit like that and bringing the uh, boxers together. But it's, it's very true. I mean, besides a handful, like, you know, Tommy Hearns and, and uh, I've seen Tommy Hearns at the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Him and Hagler, they talk, they laugh with each other. But I don't think them guys call each other on a Friday night and go out. You know what I mean? So it's, like it's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. And you would think after all the shit that you guys share in the ring, you know, especially big fights, like, you know, Toro Gotti and, and Mickey Ward is a exception to the sport. It really is. Like, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But they, they share it a lot, you know. And I just I think it would be cool if, you know, more boxers did that, you know, after everything that we put out there. But, um, yeah, so with Jermaine Taylor, like, yeah, there was, there was nothing um, – you know, I, I see I, – I don't know what happened with something like that. I do believe in – I'm a big fan of the mental awareness. You know, boxers take shit. You know, we, we get hit in the head. Football, they're big with the concussions. But, see, the thing in boxing is it's kind of obvious, so nobody pays attention. Like, you get fucked up, you get your brain rattled. Okay, yeah, you probably have a concussion. You know, you're used to it. Go home. Um, you know, sparring is a big part problem. Um, I see more people get dropped and knocked out in sparring than I have in fights. Wow. And usually a manager or a trainer is worried about jeopardizing the fight. So they won't mention it. They won't mention it to commission. And you see a lot of these guys going with a little small bleed on the brain or, or concussions. And that's where like a lot of the fatalities come into play. Boxing is a fucked up business, man. Uh, UFC brutal. Don't get me wrong. MMA mixed martial arts is fucking brutal. Uh, you guys are getting kneed, kicked, elbowed. But when you watch a fight, a guy gets dropped, they automatically stop it. And they have to, right? Yeah. Or you got, uh, if there's five minutes in a round, three of them five minutes may be on the ground wrestling, you know, positioning yeah. for, for a move. As we're in boxing, you get your brain rattled and scrambled in the first round. Guess what? If you get up in under 10 seconds and the referee feels you're okay, you may get dropped three or four times in a fight and go 36 minutes of getting punched in the head. And that's where the damage comes into play. So it, it's a, it's a brutal, brutal fucking sport. Yeah. Now uh, people were worried about you. Obviously uh, you had issues with alcohol, um, but you've overcome them, which is amazing. Uh, did that happen after the, the Hopkins fight? Was that you started drinking or before, or was that always an issue? No, no, Adam. So I'm going to be dead honest with you. Um, the drinking was fun, young, young, dumb, and having fucking fun, right? Um, do I think that some of it was overdone by me? Fuck yeah, absolutely. Um, but the thing is, Youngstown's a small area. And, and if you really go back and think about it, 
I say this all the time with people. You follow my career, but what did I ever get in trouble for? Uh, it says you um, you got in trouble for beating up someone at a Foo Fighters concert. That, uh, that was a my buddy. And then um, uh, a four wheeler. Uh, yeah, and then it said a pellet. You hit someone with a pellet. A pellet. Yeah. Forty-two uh, yeah, year old Daryl looked at my house that we were playing around. Uh, and then um, yeah, that was it. And then you were uh, someone was digging a lake, and you hit him with a pellet gun. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was it. It's Foo Fighters and that, that. So that that was at my house, and he was over, and I was taking care of him, his kids, and and I fed him for a week, and it was all fun. But it was a money grab. And I'll, I'll add another one today. I got in trouble before with a four wheeler, oh, hitting a lamppost. Um, so <laughs> again, I, I'm I'm not defending. You know, I can admit to it. Did I take the drinking and having fun overboard? Fuck yeah, man. You know, we know how it is. You, you, you start getting up there and, and you're, you're put around that shit. But um, as far as like how it, sees, it, it amazes me, I see a lot of these guys, a lot of fighters. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll mention Adrian Broner. I mean, that guy grabbed the chick by the crotch in, in the mall. And these guys turned back around and they got, you know, commentating gigs on Showtime. And, and I'm going, man, I was the devil for hitting a, a, a lamppost with a four-wheeler, shooting a buddy with a BB gun. and so there, there was, but the, the Hopkins fight had had nothing to do with it. Like I said, a lot of people said that that fight ruined me. But again, I went on to beat uh, Rubio, who, who had a, a good career after. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I stayed active. Uh, there was just a lot of things. Some of it, could I wish i go back? Yeah, because bad ink, is, bad ink, any ink that is bad is not good. Boy, yeah, but Kelly, actually, nobody, Kelly, with all due respect, nobody thinks that that you're ruined for the Hopkins fight. And no one thinks that you're like a troublemaker. I, I was just, you know, it just, these things well, came good. out. I was going to come over and get you in trouble tonight, but I'm not <laughs> No, absolutely not. I don't know. The food fighters are pretty innocent. Those are pretty innocent. But but I got to ask, the, the, the pellet thing, it was a misdemeanor. And then you went to trial and it became a felony. Usually the opposite happens. Usually things get downgraded. How did you get upgraded at court? What came out? Can I tell you guys, can I tell you the full story? You guys will be actually one of the first people to have the full story to this. I mentioned a little bit on Joe Rogan, and then I seen in the comments a lot of people like called me a rat, a snake, and, and, and I got a lot of shit for it. Can I tell you guys the full story to that one? Yes, please tell us. Yes. You, do you have the time for it? I got time. All right. So because of the drinking, you know, it was in between fights. I, 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 or after, after I was retired. Never mind. Fuck that. I'm thinking of so much. So I was thinking a four-wheeler. So it was after I retired, and um, I was sitting in my backyard and have a couple beers, and I was like, I feel like putting a lake in. Because I came from the city, and I went out, and I, and I go fishing once in a while, and I had two, two and a half acres. I was like, let me just put a big fucking pond in here, and we can stock it. So the, one, the kid that I shot goes, listen, I work for an excavating company. He goes, I can get us a deal. We can rent an excavator and two bobcats for like, 6,000 for two weeks. I go, Dad, fuck it, get it, you know, let's do it. So we started doing it and he was struggling for money. So like I said, I was paying him to do it and I was, he would bring his kids over to my house. I would feed them, let them swim in my, my pool, all the shit. And um, finally, after like five days, I was getting a little irritated because the guy could booze anybody. I'll booze anybody. And uh, he woke up and, and it was like 11 o'clock in the afternoon, early morning or late morning. And I was go, dude, I was like, you know, we got the machine out there. You got to get out there and start fucking working. Well, I ended up leaving. I had to go do some shit. I came back 
I see him in my lake in his underwear, like playing around, right? So there was a there was a BB gun on the porch, and, and I wasn't trying to even really hit him. And he was standing there, and I go, I'm going to fucking scare him. So I shot at him. I hit him. Oh, this God. Is, this, is the, this is where it really gets big. So he goes, oh, motherfucker, you know, and, and, and is screaming, and then gets out and start probably about a half hour later, he's laughing about it. He's on Facebook screenshotting it and telling everybody, ha-ha, we're here cooking out, but look at the bullet I, or the pellet I got in my arm. And he hangs out at my house for two days after that. Well, his uncle worked for the local sheriff's department, and here he had a warrant out for his arrest. His uncle comes to my house two days now later after his BB gun incident, and he goes, Kelly, he goes, I'm coming here to let you know that Brian, if he's here, we found out he's here. Um, I'm coming by myself because if I'd have brought everybody else, it would have been a big story. But if he's here, let him go. If not, if we come back and he's here, you can get in trouble. So I went inside. I closed the door. I found him. He was passed out on the couch. I wake him up. I go, Brian, you got to get the hell out of here, dude. He wouldn't leave. So I called his uncle and said, you know what? He's here. Come get him. I'm not trying to get in trouble for that. Yeah. Everybody knows how in Youngstown how easy it is for me to get in trouble, you know? Right. So he goes and does two months in jail. Two months. Gets out, walks, takes his Joe Bird uniform off, walks over to the local sheriff's office and files a charge against me for assault with a beef gun. Come on. I swear, I'm not making this up. You can look at it, look at the dates. And, uh, so that, that's how exactly what happens here in, in Youngstown with me. You know, um, you know they love you on the outside, but on the inside, people will, will drag you down. But, you know, it's over what you live and you learn. You learn from that shit. And I, I don't have fun no more like that. You know, you gotta, um, Your circle's really small. You can't be – Yeah, save, you do. You can't save the world. You can't let people stay at your house with their kids. And it's, just, it's enough. It's enough. Yeah. I'll never leave. Why would they leave? Why would anyone yeah. And you got to get better lawyers, too. <laughs> what? Well, no, it don't matter. Well, first of all, in a small community, they all scratch each other's backs. But um, I'm not even going to get into that part of it. One day when I go on a, a huge rant, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, I won't even get into that. But it don't matter. They already had their mind made up. You know what I mean? Like, listen, if it was the average person and two months after they got done doing jail time, they walked over, the detective would have took that piece, that, that uh, report, and they would have rolled pulled it up and threw it away. But right. they had a they had something there for Kelly, right? You know, it was TMZ material. I'll never forget the guy from TMZ. His name is Mike. I don't know his last name. This is TMZ. He calls me and he goes, after that incident, he goes, Kelly, ain't you from Youngstown? I was like, yeah. He's like, ain't that like a blue collar, like tough area, you know, high crime rates? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, how come we're constantly getting calls, you know, for four wheelers and BB guns? He's like, ain't there other shit to worry about there? And I go... <laughs> I go, you know what? You probably got a better answer to that than I do. Yeah. By the way, I watch your TikTok videos. You know, like, you really know what you're talking about. By the way, Kelly gives amazing boxing, like, how to throw a punch, how to throw a they're all They're all short, easy to do. I got to ask you, Jake Paul, because at first I was like, he is growing on me. Uh, is he good? How good is he? Is he going to actually, if he fights a Anderson Silva, who, who just came across a win against Chavez Jr. Is he going to win if he fights? And now Victor Ortiz just called him out. They're saying he might fight Chavez Jr., uh, Jake Paul. How, how good is this kid? All right. Let me put this without making people mad. So I'm friends with, like, Matt Brown, you know, um, UFC fighter, Matt right. the Immortal. 
I'm close with him. I'm close with this kid in uh, Bellator, uh, Dalton Rasta. He's a prospect coming up. So a lot of them get mad, but MMA guys, you're better off taking a person off the street and putting them in a boxing ring than an MMA guy. They just got too many other things to worry about. Their striking is, aside from kicks, is not that good. But they got to worry about takedown. They go through takedown defenses. They go through uh, grappling, rolling. So there's just too much going on. Uh, Jake Paul beating these type of fighters that he's beaten. I have no problem with what he's doing. I think actually he could help boxing. You know, boxing is not doing too well. Even though there's so much talent in there right now, boxing ain't like it was in the 80s and 70s and 60s. Um, if, they, if, if they could bring, you know, 400,000 extra viewers, so be it. You know, you, you get those crossover uh, fans and, and everybody else coming to the sport. So on that part, I have no problem with it. And if you're a true boxing fan, you should fucking realize that these ain't real fighters. Um, Jake Paul, for who he is fighting, yeah, he's good. Can Jake Paul beat a guy in the top 100? No, not at all. He would get hurt. If you put Jake Paul in there with the number nine ranked middleweight or super middleweight in the world, he would get destroyed. It would be brutal and ugly. Um, that's the only part that's starting to irritate me. I'm not going to lie to you. You guys will get, get a kick out of this one. So I, I never really brought my kids around box. You know, they, they know who I am. They know what I accomplished. But that's kind of the gist of it. You know what I mean? And my daughter sent me a text after the, the last uh, Jake Paul fight. She goes, Dad, if you were just like, if you trained for like a month and a half, do you think you could beat Jake Paul? And I go, are you, are you fucking fist fucking me on this one? I go, can I beat Jake Paul? And uh, that, that was hard. That was a hard one to take, you know, because she don't know. She sees Jake Paul on TV doing what he's doing. He's a big-time YouTube celebrity. And uh, they even questioned me on that. But uh, so, yeah, it's getting to the point with Jake Paul, like, the kick a fight a little bit for what he does. Um, but his YouTube thing now is starting to come to a point where he's winning these fights and it's really starting to get the, the spectators questioning but at the same time, I have no problem with him doing it because it's still big for the sport. It's bringing the attention to the sport that it desperately needs. But don't get it mixed up with him being a, a, a top boxer because he's not, you know. Logan Paul is supposed to fight Mike Tyson in March. How is that? What's going to happen in that fight? Well, let's not forget Mike Tyson is 56 years old and owns a weed farm. <laughs> so no matter how good he looked against Roy Jones, look, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, they look good for their age. Let's leave it at that. They, they looked really good for their age. I'm not knocking it. And I hope when I'm 51, 52 years old, uh, 10, 11 years from now, I can look like that. Uh, so I'm not knocking it. But that wasn't Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. Yeah. So Logan Paul, a 23-year-old, 24, I don't even know how fuck old they are, um, going in there against Mike Tyson, he's six foot three. <laughs> if he beats Mike Tyson, you beat an old man. I don't yeah. care how long Mike Tyson been boxing or who he is. You know, it, father time catches up. We all know it. I'm only 40. I can't go out and do what I did, you know, 15 years ago. Um, Mike Tyson, but at the end of the day, Mike Tyson still catches him or or just plays it slow. Mike Tyson can fuck him up. So Vitor Balfour is fighting yeah. Matt Dawson. That fight has been made. Uh, who do we like in that fight? I'm gonna go with Dawson. Um, Dawson been out for a long time. 
You know, Dawson's my age. I fought with him in the amateurs. We came out of the other 19s. We came, we came out of the amateurs together. Um, Chad Dawson actually might be older than me. Um, you know, yeah. So, again, you know, uh, father time catches up. And just because you box all the mirrors don't mean anything. Uh, but I, I would still take Chad Dawson over him. Um, I don't know. It could be an interesting fight. So Cody Gibson's here. Cody Gibson is an uh, used to be in the UFC. Just has a win over John Dodson. Uh, before Kelly leaves, any questions for the great Kelly Pavlik, Cody Gibson? Yeah, I was gonna get your. Uh, I was listening to your take on. Uh, what do you think about the Diaz brothers as far as boxing? Because you got a lot of pro boxers that have actually talked about, you know, that they knew, that they could boxing like that. Mm. No, it's another – they're good stand-up in, in UFC and, and mixed martial arts. And, again, this is not knocking mixed martial arts. You guys just got too many other things to to work on and worry about aside from punches. And uh, if they go in against a, a fairly good boxer, I don't – they're at a, a big disadvantage. Um, you know, I talked with uh, Matt Brown about this over and over. Um, it's just, you know, just too many things going on in, in UFC to worry about one thing. And that would be like me – sending a boxer into an octagon you know what, what chances does a boxer really have an octagon fucking none <laughs> you know what i mean because an mma guy knows that he just got his hands so he's going to shoot he's going to kick the legs he's going to do all other kind of things to to mess him up so diaz uh, they're good they're good stand-up for mixed martial arts but that don't carry over to boxing i mean a boxer all we do all day long is work on our crafts work on punches we don't we don't wrestle we don't do jujitsu we don't do muay thai um all we focus on is boxing and when you when you get a guy jake paul unfortunately he works on boxing all day long so putting diaz in there with him i, I don't think it's a good idea i mean you were saying you're doing eight hour days yeah That's insane eight hours of just boxing yep it would be uh it would be get up run then go to the strength and conditioning, whether it be, you know, lightweight, 100, 300 reps. Then I will go to the boxing gym. Then go do uh, uh, functional strength training like sledgehammer, tires. And then I would finish the night off with, a, a you know, a swim or a pickup basketball game. Kind of break up the monotony of the same exercising where you could have a little bit of fun. So, like, you go play basketball, you're exercising, you're, you're working on the cross training, and, and, you know, you're not, like – you're not pissed off, you know, you're, you're kind of having a little bit of fun, but still burning calories. So that was kind of what we did. Well, Kelly, it's an honor to have you, man. Have a happy new year. Uh, thank you for everything, brother. And, uh, Oh, thank you, man. This was fun. Great interview. Keep being you, man. Take care. Great. Kelly Pavlik. Thank you, man. All right. You guys have a good one. Yeah. Happy new year. Happy new year. Cody Gibson coming off a huge win. Dude, you've won six out of your last seven. I didn't even realize a couple of those fights I even know you've been had. Uh, you're 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 killing it, man! Congrats on a big win over uh, John Dodson. And now you're fighting Ray Borg coming up. Yes, sir. About a month away. This is uh, what's the organization? It's Khabib's. Oh, you're fighting in, in uh, Khabib's? I thought no more, yeah. no more uh, Myrtle Beach fighting XFC crazy South Carolina because that was pretty cool. They had Russell Peters was the announcer. Uh, that was badass. Uh, did that fight go how you thought it was going to go, you and Dotson? Um, yeah, I thought it could go like that. 
I thought, you know, I was hoping to knock him out, but, um, yeah, I thought I could, I, you know, he beat, he, he's, he's, you can't, you know, I studied the shit out of that dude and, and then you fight him and you realize why so many people, uh, find themselves running backwards against him. Uh, he creates a really weird angle, man. And some of the times I beat him and I could read it in time to beat it. And then other times I was just screwed. So I just, that's all you can do is run backwards and hope he doesn't knock you the hell out, you know? He's got power. I mean, you look at him and he's like three foot four. And then you look at the guys. I mean, he knocked out Dillashaw. He, he's knocked out a lot of people. Um, he got, and uh, I, I could tell. No. Right? Super fast, oh, isn't he? Super he, he gets fat. That's a problem. He gets, he, get, he gets big. He walks around like 180. And then he cuts to 35. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's got that Filipino uh, food thing where he just, he just he gets that Filipino food. He just keeps, he, he's awesome, though. I, I, love, I love Dawson. Great guy. He, he said he was really mad at you, Cody, because he got into a car accident and he was supposed to fight you. And then you called him or texted him and said, hey, man, if you need anything, let me know. If you need money, whatever you need, I got you. And he said he wanted to be mad at you, but that you were so nice. Uh, you know, were you really offering him help or was that like a strategy to get him not to hit you that hard? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he had, they had a GoFundMe account for him. Uh, his whole family was in the wreck. Yeah. And so our fight was obviously off. And so all I did was say like, Hey, you know, I'll donate 10% of my purse to this GoFundMe. And I just wanted to encourage other people to donate to it. You know, you don't want to ever see, anybody struggling like that so Dude, it yeah i don't know i didn't really think about it and then like people made a bigger deal out of it than i no I, it's really like, nice man Dude, well, yeah Bill. we live in hollywood it's hard to believe in naturally nice people who do no, nice no. Bill, cody and his girlfriend came to my show i think it was in like tachi palace back in the day they it was like, in uh fresno fresno they both looked like they were like 12 years old like they were like little they were holding hands it was so cute and Cody was like, one day I'm going to make the UFC. And I'm like, good luck, kid. You know, and, uh, and since then, he's made the UFC. He, he's killed it. Uh, he retired and became a school teacher. And now he's like a fighting school teacher. It's like that here comes the boom, but like in real life. Like he's a, he's a history teacher and an English professor and a Bernie Sanders supporter. And he's, and he's married with two kids. And he's fighting, uh, which is pretty awesome. Well, I'm amazed that Dana White will allow a socialist in the UFC to fight, you know? <laughs> uh, now, how did you get hooked up with uh, Khabib? Uh, we were just kind of, after that last fight, we were hoping, you know, I was hoping to get back to the UFC uh, or Bellator or whatever. Someone's going to pay me some more money. and um, But nothing was popping up right away. And so my management uh, was kind of just – like, you know, wait and see. And I was like, well, screw that. I'm just going to keep fighting. And, I mean, if I'm one of the best, if I'm as good as I think I am, then I'll be back and I'll be making more money, you know. Just keep winning fights and making money. Well, you won six out of your last seven, and the guys you beat are, are not easy guys. I looked at the guys you beat. They're, they're all guys who were 22 and three, you know, 21 and four. These, some of these Brazilian guys are Russian guys. They're, you're not taking easy fights at all. I mean, you're, you're fighting tough guys that nobody else wants to fight, um, which is, uh, says a lot about you. Uh, now, there's going to be a lot of eyes in that Khabib thing. I think Kevin Lee's fighting Diego Sanchez in that one, right? 
I think he's fighting on their second show in March. All right. And is Rashad Evans on this one? Yeah, he's on that one. He's going to be on it. Fighting Gabriel Checo, who's a really good fighter. Um, but, I mean, Rashad says he, he's got it, you know. So, at first I was like, come on, Rashad. You know, I don't want to see you get hurt. You know, you, your last couple fights in the UFC didn't go well. But, nobody, you know, Rashad's he's still training. He's still working out. And he says he's got it. So, fuck it, right? But let him, let him, uh, who, 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 who am I to tell someone not to do what, what they love doing? Um, Cody, I was reading about you. So you were adopted in Oklahoma, you and your brother. And then you went and you found your adopted parents like two years ago. Which, they found me. Yeah. They, they found you. Did they want yeah. some of your fight purse? <laughs> well, that would have been funny. Cause I could have showed them my bank account, but, um, <laughs> No, uh, my sister, I had a sister I didn't know about, and she found us on Facebook years ago. And then just one thing kind of led to another and kind of uh, met my uh, birth parents uh, uh, a couple of years ago. Now, were your parents who adopted you? Because that's like my biggest fear is I adopt a kid, and then when he's like 20-something or how are you, it's like, I want to find my real parents. Were they worried about how you would take it, or were they – upset about it did they feel like betrayed at all no i don't think so they we were they were always really open about it like when i was a kid like we were adopted they, we didn't really ask a lot of questions because i don't know we were only two and three years old when we got adopted so they were our parents to us you know and it didn't yeah. really matter um but it has been interesting to like meet people that you know, you didn't know you had a sister and now you have this sister who's known about you your whole life. And that's a weird dynamic. And wow. I don't know, man, I'm still working through it all, but you now my, my adopted parents, my mom and dad, um, they might, might've been a little weirded out by it, but I think that they trust us and, you know, we're going to have healthy boundaries on everything. So that's cool. So is your dad like a fighter? Did you see, did you, were you like, Oh, this is why I'm a fighter. Was he like a, a mug. Did he look tough? Was he like, did it answer some questions for you when you saw your biological father? Well, my biological father's like uh six five and my biological mother's like four five. What? And so I'm five ten. I landed in the middle, but he's like twice my height. Um but he was a boxer actually. Oh wow. Um, I mean, what did but, you say to them? What did you say to them, hey, listen, how come they said like we were broke or we didn't have the money, we kinda we were looking out for you guys, that kind of was it that kind of a thing? No, they, he was a drug mule. He ran drugs across Mexico. Uh, he was a diesel truck driver and ran drugs from Mexico to America. And he did. He got popped for like 20, 30 years. Oh, shit. No, that was not, I, think, I was not expecting that answer at all. Uh, no, they, they both had – I mean, they both came from like poor white trash communities, you know, like that, that like very like – man, when I went back to meet him, uh, I stayed in my – my birth, my sister's uh, town. It's called Warica, Oklahoma. Dude, you could. It's crazy to see what the pharmaceutical companies have done through there. Like, mm. it's wild. It's wild. Honestly, like I kind of anticipated it, and then when I went there and stayed there for uh, a week or so, I was like blown away. So wow. okay, so you, so they said we were going to jail. We couldn't raise you to be able to put you up for adoption. Yeah, I think the courts. I was in foster care for most of those two years and my brother and me were kind of getting moved around in foster care. And then we back then dude, adoption was so easy compared to like, it was like 
a handshake, you know, spit on your hand and shake, shake the, uh, yeah, cat the day or something. Yeah. So then your yeah, mom and dad so. come to Oklahoma and they're like, we're looking for two kids. They, they see, they're probably looking for one kid, but they're like, it's buy one, get one free day in Oklahoma. Right. <laughs> no, they, they have family in Oklahoma and they try to have kids for like 19 years and they couldn't uh, have any. And they were, you know, and so my, my dad's aunt, who lives in Oklahoma, reached out and said, hey, these two kids that keep coming in uh, to this hearing aid place that they ran, and my foster mom, his old lady, uh, would go there like once a week, and we were up for adoption, and I don't know, man, it just shit happens so, in life sometimes like that. So you, know? you have to win the UFC championship so I can write the movie. This is a <laughs> film. You got hearing aids, you got adoption, you got Mexican drug mules. Your story is literally <laughs> everything, man. You gotta be a fucking champion. I'll write the if you become champion, I'll write the movie. We'll win all the Oscars. But you turned out great, man. I mean, you're a teacher. You're a teacher, and you're inspiring. I and mean, he he had one hiccup. There was, he was on TMZ because he got into a bar fight, right? And he's like, I don't want to fight you. He goes, I'm in the UFC, and the guy's like, You're right. And he goes, Google me, bro, right? So then this fucking idiot cracks him in the face. Cody takes the punch, gets down, shoots a low single leg takedown, takes the guy down and chokes him out, um, which, which was cool, but he still got punched in the face. Uh, so th there was one hiccup, right? Was that, was that, that was like the one hiccup, you think? Google me, bro. Yeah, that was a, wasn't a highlight of my career by any means, but... Um... But that's really respectful. You choked him out, which is the nice thing to do. I, you no, Adam, Adam's memory of the story is way off, but that's okay. <laughs> I didn't want to correct him. <laughs> it grounded pound him. Got it. You did take him down, right? You hit, you hit a low single on him. I shot a double leg, and then, like, all of his buddies grabbed me, and then they just broke it up. Like, it was nothing. Like, I didn't even figure to finish the double leg. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I like my story better. And like the movie, that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, your story was much better. But his like, he fights Aljamain Sterling like his first fight. This guy, crazy uh, in the UFC. Uh, then, but he he knocks out Johnny Bedford, who's like the bare knuckle boxing champion, in like yeah. like eighteen seconds. Um, you fought Manny Gambari, and that fight I thought was stopped early. Right, that was a fight that was like controversial. Wasn't that a weird fight, the Manny fight? Uh, no, I, so I fucked him up. I dropped him like three times in the first two rounds. And then, uh, at the very end of the second round, he caught me in a choke and I was wow. like clearly winning and I just had a lapse. Uh, didn't, didn't, uh, yeah, I just had a lapse, man. And got caught in a choke. So you won that good fight on him. In my opinion, you won that fight. Uh, and then I thought it was bullshit how he got cut. Cause then you let, because you, you, I mean, you're, you got a great record though. Now is your wife happy you're going back into fighting? She, yeah, I mean, I don't know if she's happy, but she's supportive. <laughs> because you're always thanking her uh, on Instagram. You're always like, I wouldn't do it enough for my wife. My wife is so supportive, which means that she's not supportive. Uh, <laughs> so, because anytime anyone's like, I love my wife, I'm like, oh, he, he, he got caught cheating. Like some, <laughs> some, some, some shit went down. No one just kind of just posts this. If, uh, uh, so your wife doesn't want you to keep doing it? It's just a lot, you know, like I work full time and I still try to put in as much work as guys that are doing this full time. I just get up early as shit and I don't get home till late as shit. And it's, she puts on, you know, we got two young girls, so she definitely, like, I, 
yeah, she. I don't think I could do it if she didn't support me and my efforts, you know? So you're teaching English, history, and you're coaching wrestling? No, I just teach – so I teach AP U.S. history, and I'm not coaching right now. I don't teach English. AP U.S. history is kind of like English. I have to read a lot of essays. But but now you're doing critical race theory, right? Isn't that what you're teaching now in the schools? I'm, I'm just trying to um, – you know, inflict as much socialism into the schools <laughs> as I possibly can. Dude, he walked um, around he, over Bernie. He campaigned for Bernie. He went, yeah, he went yeah. door to door. And then we had him on the podcast with Hector Lombard and Eve Edwards. And that was one of the funniest podcasts in the history of podcasts. You talk, like, people, people still talk about that. Like, Sadiq Youssef hits me up all the time. When are you going to get those guys back on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. So you're definitely you're doing Howard Zinn though for real in your classes, right? You're doing Howard Zinn, right? No, I mean I'm doing Eric Foner. All right, next level. Uh, Bill went to Princeton. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I just know Bill went to Princeton. He's a very very bright guy, uh, also a great comic and a great actor. Um, so you're fighting Ray Borg. Ray Borg fought for the title, big name, um, has had some really close fights, fought the best guys in the world. What you, are you training? Are you are you going over to AKA or where are you doing your your uh, your training camp? I moved over here to the Central Coast uh, from the Central Valley about two years ago now. So I'm I'm at the pit with John Hackleman, Antonio Benuelos, uh, old school gym man. But they still we got a little crop of fighters and there's still a lot of history here. And um, yeah, I've been here for about two years. So. It's cool to just be on an actual fight team, even if it's not a huge one. Like, I come from the Central Valley. I didn't have a fight team. I just trained jiu-jitsu at this gym. I boxed over at this gym. I just moved around, you know? Yeah, I know Hackleman is a big Trump guy. Uh, doesn't like the masks at all. Uh, are, are you guys constantly is – he, is he always making fun of you? Like, oh, here comes the socialist? The, <laughs> the, only, the only thing he ever says to me is uh, he thinks that teachers are overpaid. <laughs> overpaid most underpaid profession in the fucking world um, what grade are you teaching seniors or what juniors uh, i teach juniors i've taught seniors i used to teach economics and government but um i've been teaching ap us history i have a lot of fun with it so teachers and cops should all get six figures each minimum for sure you'd be so surprised how the caliber of police officer will go up and the caliber of teacher because I drop my kid off like eight hours a day with my kid. Like it's, I tell Violet, you have to brush your teeth. No, I'm going to tell Miss Katie. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Like she's the fucking, like the one making shit happen in my house. Like it is so important. So do your, do your kids all watch you fight? Is it, are they all like excited about it? Some of them. I don't really advertise it a ton, but some of the guys, some of the kids take notice and ask. If they ask me about it, I'll tell them. The other and they all know when I'm fighting because I'm like, hey, I'm not going to be here the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> the other <laughs> fighter, too, the uh, Belizean Bruiser. She's from around your area, right? She's also a teacher and a fighter. Yeah, she was. we trained together uh, in Visalia before I moved. She's, 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 she's kind of hot. I'm not going to lie. She's also, uh, she also went um, very outspoken uh, in a good way. I mean, not, I mean, you're not, maybe, whatever. Okay. Anyway, so uh, here we are. Uh, what are we, no, your story is very much like mo the movie Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the movie Warrior. 
Right, he was a high school physics teacher. Yeah. And his wife, they needed the money. And then that, he got back into fighting after being retired. Dude, Cody's was- the best. Cause Cody comes to my show. He never laughs. He just like acknowledges it. He comes on the podcast and never smiles. And then at the end, yeah. he goes, oh, it was a great time. I, I go, dude, you're the worst. It's like, like if resting bitch face was a fucking, could be on a man, it would be on this dude. Like he, uh, are you happy, Cody? I mean, you're living the dream, bro. You're a great guy. You got a great marriage. You got two little girls. You're a fighter. You're fighting on Khabib's thing. Everyone's going to be watching it. You're fighting a, a guy who's arguably top 10 in the world. Uh, this could put you back into the UFC. Are, are, we, are, we, are we not happy? You got great eyebrows and blue eyes. Come on, what's going on? My wife, my wife wants me to go to one of those eyebrow places to get them <laughs> trimmed up. I don't. Okay. I just can't. Like, I know they need to be trimmed up, but I don't like. I just can't eyebrow, bring myself happy, to the place. You, you know? Are you happy? Are you? What's the deal? I'm good, man. Life is good. It's busy as shit, and uh, I got no complaints. Good. Good. I'm trying to raise money. Like the reason I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna fight, and all the money I make, I'm just putting in my mutual fund, and I'm trying to buy a house over here. Okay, are we close? We're getting there, but yeah, this is a this is the first one that I'm getting paid like pretty solid um, in a while. XMMA was okay, but um, this is the first bigger one. I sold my house two years ago and then I just put that money away and yeah, I'm just trying to raise money. It's more expensive over here living next to the ocean, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just fucked up. You're a teacher and you got to worry about that. Your teacher who literally is like fighting is like, <laughs> like I want to fight for money. And so I get to help by teaching. It's, that's crazy. That's insane. I mean, are you, what you put, you got, you got to have at least a hundred thousand saved up, right? We're heading to the Albert. We're, we we want to get at least two to two fifty saved up because like a house in the Central Valley is like two hundred fifty grand. You can get a really nice house, and then over here, like a just a normal, not even that nice of a house, is like seven hundred thousand. So yeah, yeah. Well, you got well, you only got to put a hundred thousand down. Not only a hundred thousand, but you know, you got to put ten percent down, so seventy five down. Yeah, I want to get, but to make it affordable on a nurse and a teacher's salary, I need it to be like less than that you know all right well listen people this is uh, this is i'm like depressed now i was i was like <laughs> okay, 2022 is over uh you ruined it for me bro i'm like no i'm kidding cody I'm, when, when is this fight where, where can i watch it the fights on friday uh january 28th to watch it i believe that eagle fc is partnered with uh, a platform company. It's free to watch. You just have to download the app. I believe it's called FLXCast. I don't know. Go to Eagle FC's social media and they have it on there. Um, but yeah, it's free to watch. It's Friday night. so And there's some good fights on it. It looks like some, some interesting ones, if nothing else. Yeah, I'm excited. He's gotta get, is it, now, are girls allowed to fight in this organization? Or No. I think they got girls fighting in Russia for uh, uh, Eagle FC, so I would imagine. I know people have wondered about that. But no ring car girls? Are there no ring car girls? I know Khabib's not big on ring car girls. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. So what, what are they going to have instead? They're going to have like uh, – like, <laughs> I mean, I can make 100 jokes right now. Wait, how's, 
be Hasbulla. It's gonna be Hasbulla and like other little little people walking around. Oh God! I hope I get to meet that kid. <laughs> uh, kid, he's like he's like fifty. He's not a kid. <laughs> he's like twelve. He's like nineteen. He's nineteen. Yeah, he's like what? Yeah. Weird people are holding <laughs> like, on. Like, you're putting a twenty-year-old on you on like your. On, uh, the whole thing is kind of I don't know. If he was twelve, it'd be fine. It's just, it's just, I'm not even. If he was like six or three, but the whole thing is disturbing to me. Um, <laughs> but instead of ring car girls, I mean, there's a lot of things I can say. With, I just don't want to piss off the Islamic community. Anyway, listen, people. Uh, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Uh, Bill, you're the best. Cody, you're the Cody, best. We're rooting for you, Cody. We're rooting for you. I want to write that Thanks, movie. Sir. Take care, guys. Let's do Good. it.